So we are, you know, beginning to have uh, some manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our meetings. And for some reason, it happens on Sundays uh, even more than Wednesdays. And I think the reason is, is God just really wants to help people a lot. How many know he loved for God so loved the world? And so, you know, the Holy Spirit will just do something a little bit different. And so I want to talk to you about that a little bit. I have been in my prayer life for a long time asking God for the manifestation of spiritual gifts. Uh, we have now, my lifespan is maybe different than yours, but, you know, when I came into God in the mid-70s, there's a big move of the Holy Spirit with the charismatic movement, and I've mentioned that so many times with denominational people, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopal, yada, yada, uh, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and it just really created an excitement spiritually. There's perhaps close to a billion people worldwide now that have received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. How many know that's a really big deal? From those few people, from those few people in the upper room, and then, and then with the advent of what God's done recently with the Azusa Street uh, outpouring of the Spirit, with just a few people there on Azusa Street in, in California, in 1906. To that's a that's a big expanse, isn't it? So you know, anyway, we had you know the the Holy Spirit manifesting 70s, 80s, 90s really began to wane. Oh, into the 2000s, and I, honestly, I'm just going to be, can I be bare bones? I think that because of a lot of the teaching that the pastors are receiving in the seminars and such on how to make your church grow and how to make it big and how to organize and such, there's nothing wrong with the teaching. In fact, I like some of it. I had to change some of the things I'm doing because of that, but um, I think we need to be really careful because one of the things they encourage us not to do is, and, and they call the Holy Spirit ministry bedroom ministry. Yeah, I know, it's weird, right? Bedroom. I mean, that's what you do in a bedroom, not in a living room. I'm not, I'm not making that up. So I've heard that. I know it's wow, right? I'm surprised I said wow. But that's, y'all hadn't heard that before? Well, it's because you hadn't been to the seminars I've been to. That's why. So it's like tone it down. You'll reach people. You'll run people off. But you know, the, let me be honest with you. If, I, if the church was uh, in the mid-70s like it is today, I probably wouldn't be here. I'd probably be dead. Because when you have a hunger for God and a thirst for Jesus, it brings a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. How many hear me? And you know, when I say that, it sounds like, well, you mean the people that don't have that don't have a hunger and thirst for Jesus. That's what it sounds like. I'm saying when you have a hunger and thirst, he fills the hungry and thirsty. And the hunger you get, the thirstier you get, the more you want. And if you'll hook up, if you'll, if you'll work with him the right way, uh, the, the Holy Spirit will manifest in a strong way in your life. Yes or no? So that's what I found in my life. Uh, anyway, we're going to see more manifestation of spiritual gifts. I've been praying about that uh, for a good while now on our Saturday meetings. Uh, sometimes that's emphasized as we let the Holy Spirit uh, kind of guide how we pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love, speaking of the love in 1 Corinthians 13, making it your aim, your great quest. See, that's the seedbed for everything God does. How many know if you want God to work in your life, you got to love people? You, you can't act like the people on, that, that you see on online media right now who are calling everybody's na names and using some <clears throat> bombs they shouldn't be using all the time. I'm just fed up with it, honestly. you got to love people. And then he said, earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or the gifts. Question. Honest. Ask yourself this. Have I been earnestly desiring? The Greek word there for earnestly is zelu. We get our word zealous from it. Have I been zealous about asking God for spiritual gifts? 
If you haven't, can I encourage you to start asking him? Because if we don't ask, he won't do it. There's got to be a hunger. I've, I've got a book. I've got some books. And here's the funny thing about today is that it's really hard to find some really great books on the gifts of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit that are written in recent times because of the, because of the uh, environment that we've been in the last number of years. Here's a book that I have. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, reprinted 1975. So that's the 1975 version. Uh, anyway, Gordon Lindsay is the author, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the founder of Christ for the Nations Bible Institute in Dallas, Texas. This is a series of four books called The Gifts of the Spirit. This is volume one. And uh, in this book, he was just, he was just really, I've been, I started reading this again yesterday. I was just about halfway through now, this first volume. Uh, but he was just really good about the fact that, um, you know, um, the early church, the manifestation of spiritual gifts happened uh, for, for a good while, even after the apostles died. But it began to wane as the church became lukewarm. And, as they, and, and then when Constantine, uh, Roman ruler in AD 20, uh, 325, uh, made uh, Christianity state religion, kind of amalgamated, it made it popular to be a Christian, so everybody's a Christian. Now you got, you know, uh, Christian liars, Christian thieves, Christian, Christian uh, you know, prostitutes. How many know that's not true? You, you can't do that. But that's what happened. So it just watered it down until, and, 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 until in the church age, it, they began to wane. However, there were segments of the church all through the church age where spiritual gifts have manifested. They've been a thread of that. And he's got that in his writings, which is really, really good. Nonetheless, we need to pursue spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Again, Philip's translation, I like the way he puts it. He says, follow then the way of love while you set your heart on the gifts of the Spirit. Set your heart on. So see, I have to ask myself, am I setting my heart on the gifts of the Spirit? I began reading books like this when I was in my teens, late teens. And uh, I began to see that if you're going to have a manifestation of spiritual gifts, you have to ask. So I started asking. And, uh, and then, you know, there has been an, an element of manifestation of those gifts in my life ever since then. They manifest as we pray I'm trying to uh, figure out in this time frame I have how I'm going to get all this out. I think I can do it fairly easily. Let me just say that uh, the Holy Spirit will not manifest unless you pray. If you just think all you do is study and think and, you know, have coffee with people. No, you've got to go somewhere and seek God. Uh, you go through the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit was poured out. What were they doing before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room? They had a prayer meeting. Hey, uh, what was Cornelius doing in Acts chapter 10 uh, when he had a vision? And, and uh, what, was, what was he doing? That's really good, see? Uh, and you'll find out all through the book of Acts, they were praying. As they prayed, the Holy Spirit manifested himself and things began to happen. So same way here. You just got to pray. For me, let me tell you where all this started with me. I, I, and, and for spiritual gifts to manifest, you've got to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to seek that. If you want it, it's available. If you're born again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available today, right now. You don't have to wait. Is that good news? So uh, most of us, I think, in the room here are baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you may not be. You can be. All you have to do is ask. 
I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit September 12, 1976. Changed my life for the rest of my life. And I've had people baptized. I've talked to my friends who were baptized with the Holy Spirit at home, seeking God in the room, just saying, God, I got to have more. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. And they got baptized with the Holy Spirit and began to pray in the Spirit. Uh, me, I received at a church service one Sunday night uh, in 1976. And a lot of people receive on their own. A lot of people I've prayed for. I don't even know how many people are all over all these years of ministry. If you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you can't. Once I received that experience, I began to pray. And I think I've told this story I know I have during our prayer times. But uh, the Baptist church, the charismatic church I attended after I was spirit-filled, they rented or I guess they bought a Baptist church. And, uh, and it had a big pipe organ in it. Of all things, a big pipe organ. And somebody played that pipe organ every service, you know. And uh, so I, I, I started, and me, that's just my nature, as I get everywhere a few minutes early. So I got to church early. I got to wander around in the back, uh, right behind where the uh, stage was. And I found, a, I found a door that went up to where the pipes to the pipe organ were serviced. And uh, so I opened that door, and I, nobody's, I walked right up there, right? Walked right up that old uh, old stairwell, and, and got up into this room right behind the pipes. And by then, they started they already started playing the pipe organ, so the pipes were, you know, going. But I found a place to pray where nobody could hear me. And I'd go back there, and I'd start praying. And I'd pray in the Spirit for, you know, 15 minutes or so before the service. And the first time in my life, the Holy Spirit began to manifest. Something right rose up inside of me, and it was... Uh, and it was different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. It rose up inside of me. And then prophecy. That I'm saying there was an in, uh, prophecy's inspired utterance. And something rose up inside me with words to it. And I had never had, had, had that happen in my life. It began to rise up. The truth is, one time prior to that, I was at a small group meeting in Bishopville, South Carolina, which is a small town uh, between Florence and Columbia, South Carolina, down I-20. And uh, we had a small group meeting there, and I'd just been filled with the Holy Spirit for, uh, maybe, I don't even know if it was a month. And uh, anyway, I was invited to a, like a Friday night small group meeting. You know, we're all in a circle. Somebody's got a guitar. We're playing, worshiping the Lord. We're praising God. And I mean, y'all, it was really good. And uh, we got to singing and worshiping. I mean, the presence was so strong. And the Holy Spirit fell on me. And, I, and I, began to, I began to prophesy, and I'd never done that in my life. I felt like if I didn't, I was going to disobey God. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, when he comes on you and it rises up inside of you, when, it, when he wants you to say something, it's like a, a, it's, it's like a bubble blowing up inside of you. And it's a bubble full of words. And that bubble full of words has inspiration to it. And it almost makes you tremble. And that's the first time I experienced that, and that was in you know, fall of 1976. And then that started more frequently when I went up to that place of prayer before the surfaces. And it just started praying. And then I found out the more you pray, the more the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life. And let me say this, the more you pray in the Spirit, the more uh, the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life. Kenneth Hagin used to tell us at his school, and I've read this from a number of the men of God from the early 20th century. Smith Wigglesworth would say this, and many of the others that were used of God in a dramatic way in, uh, in spiritual gifts would say, it seems as though uh, speaking with other tongues, praying in the Spirit is the doorway. It's the doorway into gifts of the Spirit. It opens up an opening in the realm of the Spirit and causes the Holy Spirit to manifest in a more full way. So I want to encourage you, take some time in your regular prayer life. If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, dust, dust that off and start praying every day. 
I purposed in my life, the uh, day I was filled with the Spirit, God took me to the side, and he looked me in the eye and said, you need to do this every single day. I said, really? He said, yes, if you will, it'll change your life. And I found that to be completely true. And uh, so I encourage you, if you don't stir up the gift, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's placed inside of you. How many know you got to fan into flame what God gave you? So I pray in the Spirit. I pray in the, I pray in the Spirit this morning. I usually pray about an hour in the morning. And then I take some time throughout the day. If I'm in my truck, I'm praying in the Spirit usually. Um, you know, I'm studying. Believe it or not, I study and pray in the Spirit under my breath. And, uh, you know, because it brings you a spiritual charge and it keeps you connected with the Lord. And, uh, and it's a doorway into that, into that other realm where God is. So, again, I encourage you to pray in the Spirit. First uh, Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, there are nine spiritual gifts. Uh, and I've preached on this and taught on this, taught series on this a number of years ago. To one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. So from that, we uh, have gotten, and you've heard me say, there are nine spiritual gifts there are three spiritual gifts that reveal things, and that's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is God shows you something about the future. It's not present, it's future. The word of knowledge is a fragment of God's all-knowing, and he gives you just a fragment of something's happening now. It could, be an, it could be an event. It could be something in a person's life. It could be a circumstance or whatever, but it's something that has happened or is happening right now. Again, that's the word of knowledge. And for some reason, when I came to Jesus... The word of knowledge begin to manifest in me. Let me say this. If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's at least one spiritual gift that God wants to use you in. You have to ask your question, what is that? We should all, according to 1 Corinthians 14, covet. That means earnestly desire to prophesy. So let me ask you a question. Do you desire to prophesy? Have you asked God, Lord, let that inspiration come on me? If you'll pray with sincerity... You can't make it happen. You don't know when it'll happen, but at some point, God may use you. He wants to use you in at least one spiritual gift and maybe more. It has to do with what he's called you to do and such. But nonetheless, every believer should be used because when he starts talking about these things, 1 Corinthians 12, how many does he, he talks about the body of Christ being, being just like a human body and working together like a body? And he, before he started talking about that, he was talking about spiritual gifts. Every member of the body of Christ should have spiritual gifts functioning in their life in some way. How many know God wants you to do that? Yes or no? So start asking. So three gifts that reveal something, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, three gifts that do something. And that is the gift of healings, gifts of healing. Actually, it's plural in the Greek, gifts of healings, various kinds of, of, um, of spiritual gifts for healings, gifts of healings. The gift of faith, gifts of healings where God heals sickness and disease without medical intervention of any kind. And then the gift of faith, that's a supernatural ability to believe beyond your own natural faith. Now that manifests in my life. I have the gifts of healings manifest over the last number of years. Gifts of faith, about 10, 11 years, 12 years ago, the gift of faith started manifesting. I didn't know what it was to start with, but I had this really uncanny just knowing that if I said something a certain way, it happened. And that often would manifest with gifts of healings. They often work together. And there, so then it says, uh, so working of miracles, that's where God, God sets aside the laws of physics, the laws of nature as we know it, and just does stuff. I mean, you know, 
Old Testament prophets had an axe head float. They had, uh, you know, uh, Jesus multiplied uh, food, bread, and fish and fed, fed thousands of people with a little boy's lunch. Somebody said the lunches were real big those days. Yeah, but just a little boy carried it, okay? So, I mean, he multiplied it. That's, that's the working of miracles. So, again, uh, the working of miracles is where God sets aside the laws of nature and just does stuff. So, it could, it could have to do with nature. Jesus commanded the wind and the sea to be calm, and instantly it manifests. That was working of miracles, wasn't it? So anyway, we could talk about that a long time. Also, work of miracles works in conjunction with divine healing. And then there are three gifts that say something, and that's different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Let me say of different kinds of tongues, and I could teach on all this a long time. I've got to really be careful. Um, you know, you've got, a regular, you've got a regular language that comes when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you pray in the Spirit by yourself, how many know once you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, a prayer language comes? Yes or no? How many know you can use that prayer language? You stop it, you start it anytime you want to. Yes or no? That's the way it works. So God gave you that language. You use it throughout your your earth life. I'm not sure we even need it in heaven because we'll know even as we're known. But it's for this dispensation. It's right now for now. So, so use that. But when different kinds of tongues comes, it's different than what you normally talk. It happens to me. Some of you have been in our prayer meetings on Saturday. And uh, here just the uh, other day in my office, I was just praying in the Spirit. And it was the, I thought, what in the world is this? Not what I usually say. I could tell the lingo wasn't normal. I don't know what language it was. But it was different. And then with it came an inspiration in words. And so often with different kinds of tongues comes interpretation of tongues. And so what is interpretation of tongues? It's not a word for word. It's the gist of what is said in the Spirit. So it's an interpretation, not a translation. Understand the difference. So sometimes that'll happen in your personal prayer life. You want to keep yourself stirred up in God? I've done this all my life. And, and just the way I live, y'all, maybe I'm a strange bird, but I'd rather be this than anything else. I'll tell you that. I pray in the Spirit. And you know, when I pray in the Spirit, God speaks to me. And if you'll pray in the Spirit, if you get quiet, you'll have words float up. Sometimes he just says... You know, Mitch, I love you. I said, well, tell me that again. That's pretty good. Or sometimes they say, can we talk? So, oh, that sounds like my daddy talking to me. My daddy used to say, Mitch, I got a bone to pick with you. Sometimes God said, can we talk? But you know, he, you know he loves you when he wants to talk to you. Is that true? And it's not always words. You just have this sensation inside. You got to learn how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And all of this, there's a lot to say in all this. And prophecy. Prophecy is inspired utterance. You'll find when you pray in the Spirit... And then you go between like the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. What is it then? I'll pray with the Spirit. I'll pray with the understanding. Verse 13, he says, let him that speaks in a tongue pray or ask that he may interpret. So just about every day I say, Lord, as I'm praying in the Spirit, whatever you want me to say, help me to know what I'm saying as you want me to. You can't interpret everything you say. But when God wants you to, you can. And then Paul said, what is it then? I'll pray with the Spirit. I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit. Sing with the understanding. I sing in the Spirit just about every day. I sing in the Spirit while we were singing tonight. You know, just sing in the Spirit. Why? What are you doing? You're getting your, you're getting your inner person where the Holy Spirit lives. You're getting him stirred up. And you know, he needs to be stirred up more now than ever. Would you agree? The reason people are so in the flesh today because they're in the flesh. They never get in the Spirit. And, and if you want the power to overcome the flesh, get in the Spirit. If you never overcome the flesh, then you're never in the Spirit. How many hear me? And the more you get in the spirit, the less the flesh. You, you don't even want that stuff anymore. I mean, you want to know the truth. If you want flesh stuff, 
you ain't been very far. As you get into God, it just, it melts away. It melts away. You say, well, I got all kinds of flesh. Start, start doing this. If you got a lot of flesh stuff in your life, start doing this. Because God, little bit by little bit, will start picking it off. So let's talk about this. Let's do this. Let's talk. And, and then even the desire for things you know you don't need will begin to just, it just leaves. It's just like, I don't want, why do I want that? Why do you want that? You don't want it anymore. Isn't that good? I don't care if it's drugs, if alcohol, if it's porn. I don't care what it is. Uh, it could be pride. It could be everybody saying your name and you got to be important. You don't need any of that anymore. All you need is him because in him is fullness. And when you're full, you're not hungry for anything else. Is that true? Woo, of his fullness we've received. So uh, Sundays, Sunday, you know, let me tell you what happens on Sundays. Um, you know, let me say this. Before you know that happens, before you have the Holy Spirit do anything, you got to pray. So, so I also want to give you, for instance, so for instance, generally my Saturdays, you know, I have one day a week off, that's Friday. But Saturday, I come to prayer at nine generally. Sometimes I try to take a day off every now and then from praying. But then when I study, I just don't study. I pray. I pray in the Spirit. And so I spent, y'all, I mean, um, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, early afternoon, 1.30 to, man, maybe 5. Guess what I was doing? Reading my notes and praying in the Spirit. And then sometimes put my notes down and praying in the Spirit. You say, all day, yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes I go for a walk. Sometimes I walk two miles, sometimes three. Sometimes I go up to five-mile walk on a second. But guess what I'm doing when I'm walking? Praying in the Spirit. Why? Well, I'm stirring something up inside. And if you want God to do something, stir him up. Stir, stir up the apparatus he uses. How many hear me? So Saturday, I spent some hours praying in the Spirit. And again, you can do that and nothing will happen. And if you do that in mind, with this in mind, God, you can do something big tomorrow. He won't do it. Because then it's about you, and it's not about him. So here's what I've learned to do. God, I'm going to do my stuff. I'm going to do what I know to do. You want me to teach and preach? I'm going to teach and preach. But if you want to, I'll, let, I'll step myself out the way. And anything I plan to say in my notes, I don't have to say a thing. And he say, I got you covered. And then sometimes he says nothing. I just preach the word. How many know that's right? See, there's an anointing to preach and teach. It's the same anointing of the Holy Ghost. In fact, often I stand up here and stand up to teach, and I can't tell you the anointing. I've, I Just to speak, it just comes. It's amazing. Well, it's that same anointing, for instance, Sunday, we had the Holy Spirit moving. If you weren't here Sunday, go back and maybe look at first service, and you'll see what I mean. It's like uh, after praise and worship, I stepped into this. When I stepped up here to talk to everybody, I couldn't stop. And it's like you step into a river of words, and uh, it's like a river of knowing. It's like a river of you just feel things all over the place. You, you feel what people are thinking, going through. I can't, it's really difficult to put into words, but that's the word of knowledge in manifestation. And then, and then there's a prophetic. Prophecy means inspiration. Prophecy is inspired utterance. And you can get to a place in God if you just, you just got it's, it takes faith to do this. This is not, this is not, not for the, not for the novice. I couldn't do this years ago, but there's a place you, you step in it and you don't know what you're going to say. And so Sunday I begin to step into that, begin to talk. And so if you'll go to first service, there's an illustration of uh, prophetic teaching. It is, I didn't have my notes. I quoted scripture because I got a lot of scripture in my heart, uh, but I didn't have planned to say anything 
that I had said. Does that make sense? And see, that's the Holy Spirit, man. And see, when that happens, what is he doing? He's tagging people that may be in the room. He's tagging people that are online. And he's talking to people about their stuff. How many? And that's cool. Now, does he do that? Does he need to do it every time? Well, decidedly not. And then, and then I just had people come up. And uh, let me tell you where we're at. God wants people to be healed. God wants people to be saved. And he wants people to be set free from all kinds of fears and phobias. Yes or no? So the anointing, Acts 10, 27, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So we have people come up front. And let me just say a few things about this just so everybody understands what's going on. On Sundays when I have people come up, up and I pray for them, uh, first of all, when people fall, some people have never seen that. I'm not into people falling. I'd rather just hold you up and let the power go all in, in you and just do stuff inside of you. But if you fall, it's good. Nothing wrong with falling. I've seen people fall all my life in the Spirit once they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you remember, when they came after him, you go look this up in the, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when the soldiers came to arrest him. He said, I am he. When he said it, they fell down. It's the power of God that knocked them to the ground. Uh, when Jesus appeared to Paul in Acts chapter 9, on the road to Damascus, what happened? He hit the dirt. <laughs> and he couldn't see See, when, when the human comes in contact with God, something's going to give, and it won't be God. The lesser power gives. So, so sometimes, it literally, what happens, you feel the anointing of the Spirit. And uh, <laughs> I feel it right now. <laughs> Feels good. Uh, the anointing of the Spirit is really strong, and, it, and it's like liquid. It feels like liquid love, liquid. I said that Sunday, didn't I? Feels like it just gets it oozes down into every part of who you are, and uh, it makes you feel so cared for and loved. At the same time, it makes you know that He is such a holy being that He wants you to be that way. You know, so when that manifestation comes, sometimes people fall. Don't don't say, "Oh my God, what is this?" It's the Holy Spirit manifesting. Now then, some people, if they've been around that for years, they think that nothing's going to happen if they do fall, so they do a courtesy fall, kerflop. And I've seen that a lot too. (laughs) Well, I want people to think I'm spiritual. No, it has nothing to do with being spiritual. How many hear me? Or I I don't want somebody to think I'm I'm holding the power back, so he's laying their hands on me, but I'm like a doorknob, so I'm going to... No, 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 no. Don't do that. But again, if you sense that, sometimes you just can't stand up. I mean, that's the way it is. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But just understand if that's something new. I was, I was raised in the Baptist church. If somebody fell out, we'd call 911. I mean, there's something wrong with you. you know? I mean, that's the way it is, right? <laughs> so, because there's nothing. Well, anyway, I won't go there. Nonetheless, just be aware of that. Second thing is, when I'm praying for people, uh, honestly, I can't tell you what I said. I, I can't tell you what I said to you. Now, here's an important thing. For a pastor to do what I did on Sunday is, is quite a challenge uh, because, because you get, can't go according to your mind. And so when people come up here, because I'm familiar with many people here, and some of you, I know some of your circumstance, maybe not all of it, but some. See, but the word of knowledge is where God gives you something about something that's going on now or has happened. And see the word of knowledge function, it's a word of God's all knowledge. And so when that happens, and I'm pr- sometimes I can just touch a person 
And I, words, all I can say is when I touch them, words come. Where? From right here, from my spirit. And I know things. Sometimes it's an inward knowing sometimes. Sometimes it's words. So Sunday I touched a few people in words. Or sometimes I touched them or go to pray for them and I just, man, it just flows out of me like, a, like, a, like water. And I don't even know what I'm saying. I, I didn't mean to say it. I didn't try to make it up. It's nothing I thought about. So I'm just saying that my personal relationship with a person, I've got to be willing to put all that aside and not think about that and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And having said that, if you come back to me sometime later, remember what you said? No, I don't remember at all. I don't have any idea. Because it wasn't me. It didn't come from here. It came from my heart. And that's where the whole, Does that make sense? So, so here's an important point. Don't try to do that yourself. So here's what we do because we, we learn by observation and influence. And if you see me doing that sometimes with people, that doesn't mean that you need to go do that with people. Because you might be doing it in the flesh because you know what they've been doing or where they've been or what do you know what I mean? You know the circumstances of the life, right? So you shouldn't do that. No, you pray and, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit's not moving that way, you just pray for people. That's fine. But when he's doing this, I have to set all that aside, all that I know aside and let the Holy Spirit speak words. And when he does, he'll minister to you. Let me also say this. If, if somebody, whether it's me or you're somewhere else and and uh, not too many churches allow this to happen. Have you figured that out yet? Um, but if you're somewhere and they do, and somebody says something to you, and it seems kind of awkward and odd and doesn't make sense, leave it alone. Don't plan your life by what somebody prayed over you. Even if it's me. You know, I could be wrong. And I'll just tell you straight up, if anything, if you were here Sunday and I said something over you, if it didn't make sense, don't try to make it happen and don't live by it. But if it agrees with what you've already got in your heart, grab it. If it confirms something God was trying to get across but just didn't quite get across yet and you got it, well, then say, Lord, thank you. Right? Does that make sense? So, see, all my life I've had people say things over me. And uh, I thought, well, that's really good. <laughs> And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I hadn't known the Lord very long. And the pastor of the church that I, um, that I attended when I first got Spirit-filled, uh, we had ministry like this was very common in the 70s in churches. And uh, I was down front, you know, I had people come down front for this, that, the other. And I was down there, you know, I was a Bible school student. And, uh, and he was coming, just like I did Sunday, coming right down the road. And I didn't pray over everybody Sunday that came forward, but some. But he was praying over everybody. He came up to me, and you know what he said to me? I mean, it like blew me away. Uh, I was uh, uh, 18 years old. He said, well, wow, I see. Wow, I see, a, I see a tunnel, and at the end of the tunnel, there's a big light. I'll never forget what he said. And he said, you know what? You're going to be a pastor. You're going to pe preach the word real strong. I said, oh, my God, he's got it wrong. It can't be me. Because I, I wouldn't even talk to somebody else's dog. I mean, I was afraid of people. I mean, really. I'm afraid of people. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't like to talk in front of anybody. I threw up several times on the, in the classes where we had public speaking. I'd throw up after class, you know. <laughs> yeah, in college, true. So, you know, but see, I didn't live by it. I thought, that man's crazy. I thought, wow, that's, if that happens, that'll be God, because I'll sure not try to make it happen. Well, here we are all those years later. And you know what? What he said was true, and that's something. But see, I didn't pattern my life by it. See the difference? So just be aware of some of these things, and I think we'll be better. And um, 
Let me see where I am with this. Um, again, I think these things will be on the increase. One thing I did want to note was um, we need balance in all these things. That's the reason sometimes we have services, and I just preach the word because that's what you're supposed to do. Now listen to this. Kenneth Hagin had probably one of the strong prof- strongest prophetic anointings that I had ever seen in my whole life. And Susan, I lived in Tulsa for you know, almost eight years. And, um, and so we lived in Broken Arrow, which is a suburb of Tulsa. And we would be able to frequent meetings where Kenneth Hagin was doing seminars and such, even though I was on staff at a, a local church there. And, um, uh, and here's what I, I mean. You go to some of Kenneth Hagin's meetings. In fact, I, know, I don't know why I know dates so well, but it's November 2nd, 1985. And that was a Saturday night. I just trot out for, to pastor a church in Midland, Texas. I'm glad I'm not in Midland, Texas right now. But I just flew back from Midland, Texas. I was trying out for a church there. And um, uh, in 1985, John was a year old. Susan was stayed home with John. And uh, so I said, well, Susan, I'm going to Kenneth Hayes. has got a meeting tonight. I know we got church in the morning. I'm going to go to his meeting tonight. So I got there, and that place was packed out, several thousand people. And... Uh, Worship was strong, and Brother Hagin got to preaching. And when he would preach, you know, my pants won't go down. Hang on a minute. There we go. There we go. So when he would preach, he'd do, I know. Right? He's too skinny. So anyway, when he would preach, he would do this. When he'd preach, he would do this, you know. So he was up there preaching to twiddle his thumbs. And he was talking to us about the Holy Spirit, and he was talking about prayer. And he was doing like this. Were you there then? You remember that night? You remember that night? No, 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 not that night. But you remember him doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that night, he was walking around like that, and suddenly, suddenly, he started doing this. He was going this way, and, and he said, and he started talking to somebody over here, and there was nobody there. It's like, okay. <laughs> and he said, yes, I know you said that. Yes, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And, and he kept twiddling his thumbs. And then he said, do y'all see him? And we said, no. He said, well, Jesus is right here in visible manifestation. And y'all, when he said that, uh, you, I mean, all those people there, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, nobody would say anything. And you felt it. It felt like you could take your pocket knife and cut a piece of the atmosphere out. And, and when he said that, a most unusual thing I've ever seen happen. Nobody asked. He didn't ask anybody to do it. But you know what happened? I found myself turning around in my chair, and I'm on my knees praying. And boys, I'm telling you, we prayed because it was in the atmosphere. It was amazing. So he never told us what Jesus said to him, but he was a prophet, and sometimes that would happen. It happened, and when Jesus appeared, I mean, the whole atmosphere changed. So guess what? Next night, you know, somehow I was able to go the next time, and I don't know how I did that. Guess what? Because uh, we had the local church, but somehow I was able to go. I, uh, they were... Th- Sometimes they'd have hundreds and hundreds of people show up two hours before a meeting because something like that happened. Anytime you got the Holy Spirit manifesting, everybody wants to see the Holy Spirit, right? And so uh, the next night, everybody told their friends, man, big stuff's happening at rain. I better go, better go tonight. Man, it's something big. And guess what happened? He got in there, opened the doors, packed out house, you know, overflow rooms. They're worshiping, praising God. Kenneth Hagin in his in his his southern Texas way, open your Bibles, please, to three passages of Scripture, and he taught the whole time. And there was no manifestation of the Spirit. Everybody's going, where's the manifestation? 
But you know, I got it. I saw that all the eight years I was there when he had services. I'd see the Holy Spirit manifest one time. The next night, he just preached the word. Why? Because God wants balance. Some people think that all you need is Holy Ghost. If all you got is Holy Ghost, you can get off and get off quickly. And that's the problem today. People are emphasizing the Holy Spirit so much in some camps, they have no word to base what they're doing on. Somebody said, all word, you dry up. All spirit, you blow up. Word and spirit, you grow up. I've said that for years. I just hadn't said it recently. But how many understand it? So you got to have the word, you got to have the spirit. So if the Holy Spirit doesn't manifest, we always need the preached word, the taught word. The word's the foundation for everything we do. In fact, you can't even tell when the Holy Spirit's manifesting in your life without the word. Demon spirits can come in and mimic the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happening sometimes today. If people aren't aware, if you don't know the word, if you don't know the word well, then demon spirits can mimic what the Holy Spirit wants to do and get you messed up. How many know the Holy Spirit will never magnify human personality? You've got to know that. The Holy Spirit will never, never magnify an organization. His number one job is to magnify Jesus. And when you preach the word, Jesus is the living word. You're magnifying him. How many hear me? So if you want to really tune into the Holy Ghost, get in the word. So for me, when I was a young boy, you know, 18 years old, uh, you know, and that's when Jim Jones and all that happened the next year, 1977. People in Africa, all those 900-something people died, and they all drank Kool-Aid and died because that man told them to. I thought, you're crazy. How'd they get so crazy? Well, they didn't have any truth to withstand the error. So when that happened, I thought, you know, I don't want anybody to deceive me. So I started reading my Bible, memorizing Scripture, because I thought, if I know the Word, and you're trying to tell me something that doesn't agree with it, the Holy Spirit in me will tell me. Is that true? So, y'all, that's the reason I teach the Word the way I do. You know why? Because I love you, and I want you to grow, and I want you to be grounded at the same time when the Holy Spirit manifests let it flow. Is that good? So we're not trying to mimic anything. We're not trying to make anything happen. But when, when he wants to do it, we sure will let him. What do you think? Is that a good idea? Let me also mention this. First Corinthians, I'm almost done. First Corinthians 12, 4 says this. There are various gifts, but the same spirit. And I'll come back to that in a second. And then there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord there are various operations, but it's the same God who operates all of them in all people. So let me, let me talk about, listen to this. So, so the ver- there are various gifts, but the same spirit. The Holy Spirit's over spiritual gifts. He's the one that divides the spiritual gifts where they need to be. Now watch. Then it says there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. That word Lord's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. What is administrations? It's where we, we uh, diakonos, and we get our word ministries from that. They're different ministries, but the same Lord Jesus. He's talking about, he's talking about the ministries that God places people in. You know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, helps ministries. Those that volunteer and really don't have a full-time occupation, but they're used of God. Well, see, he's talking about those kinds of ministries. Jesus is over the ministry offices and the ministry places that people have in the body of Christ. But it's the Holy Spirit that decides when the spiritual gifts manifest. In whom and when. 
Two things, in whom and when. That's his job. And so that's why I say when you come to Jesus, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. He's got at least one spiritual gift he'll tag you with. And if you'll start praying and, and earnestly desiring those gifts, I don't know what it'll be, and you don't either. I can tell you God wants you to prophesy. Now, you not, might not prophesy in a church setting, or you might. It, usually, it's going to start in smaller settings. Usually, if God wants you to do that, it'll start in your prayer life. So start praying in the Spirit long enough at home to get the Holy Ghost stirred up in you, and these things will start happening. Before I did anything publicly, it started happening privately. So I started had prophecy come up in my prayer life, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. It was just there, not all the time. I mean, I'd go sometimes for days and nothing. Let me tell you something about God. I'd go for days, and in my prayer life, it's like, okay, God, I know you're there. I sure don't feel you, but I'm sure glad you're there. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> your, new, your, your blessings are new every morning. Thank you. But then at the other times, like, woo-wee, woo-woo. I'm under the spout where the glory comes out. Woo-woo. You know? You could probably hear me outside the room. Woo! Glory, glory. Woo! 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 But see, if you get used to that, God said, let me turn that off a little bit because you're walking by feelings, not by faith. And you've got to understand that God wants you to walk by faith. If you ever get so accustomed to the presence, he'll cut that back and say, yeah, get your faith built up again, bubs. Don't get, you, don't get your confidence in what you're feeling. No, God's presence produces feelings. But he's with you whether you feel him or not. Is that true? Just be aware of that. Nonetheless, it says verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given for everyone for the common good. That word manifestation, the Greek word there, is, is where the Greek word for light comes from. So a manifestation of the Spirit. He lights. He comes. You know, he, he appears. Um, and he manifests himself. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good. So let me talk lastly about the manifestations of the Spirit. And this is one thing that I've disagreed with a number of people that have taught this over the past mm, 20 years maybe. Uh, just have a problem with it because it creates problems. First uh, Corinthians twelve eleven says this, but one in the very same Spirit works all these the spiritual gifts, dividing to each person, each one, individually as he will. So even so, the Holy Spirit determines when the Holy when the spiritual gifts manifest and through whom they manifest. And here's what I disagree. Here's what here's the way it works. You can't make this happen. So because God started using me to prophesy in my prayer closet, that doesn't mean I can go to any Tom, Dick, and Harry and say, start praying for him and then just prophesy at will. That you can't, you, you, demon spirits will come if you do that. It also means that I can't come up to a person and like when I'm in the spirit or when the spirit manifests, I just touch somebody and I say, no. I, I don't know how I know, I just know. Words come, I just know. And I know if I say that to them, it'll minister and help them. And so I'll say it and pray for them, you know. But see, but see, there has to be an anointing there. And that doesn't mean, so if that anointing's not there, well, I just pray for you, but I can't pray that way. Does that make sense? So, so you, you don't turn this on and off at will. And I think it's very dangerous to think that happens. So some people think that you're walking, if you're anointed at times, you're walking in an anointing all the time. No, sometimes I just like to go eat a, bologna, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a glass of milk. Well, sometimes I just like to, you know, go work out, you know. So 
Sometimes I just like to go ride my bike. It's just human, right? But, but be, be a spiritual human and, and let God work in you in your alone times. And then, and, and then if you, here's the deal. He will never mess with you much. He'll start, but then when he finds out what you are, you're on your own. He won't mess with you much if you've got to do things for a show or you do things to make people think you're spiritual. He will leave you alone. Or, or listen to this. I've got a books full of this. People started out with this kind of ministry, and it got really strong, and it went to their head, and it ruined them spiritually. How many hear me? So you've got to be real careful with this. So now we're living in an era of time. Listen, God wants to manifest spiritual gifts strongly, and he wants to use you and me. At the same time, it's a really dangerous time. How many hear me? And to be used this way, you've got to be humble before God. You can't be tooting your own horn saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, it's look at him. You know, you know we're not the sun, we're the moon. The moon is a reflection of the sun. How many hear me? So don't try to be the sun. No, you're just, you're just a reflection of. And if anybody's ever, ever used, ever ministered to by you, don't take the credit. Give Jesus the credit. Right? And then don't use it as a way to build yourself up. Well, I'm some high and mighty. No, you're not. You're nothing but dirt. You're going back to dirt one day. No, you'll, be, you'll be down before the throne of God one day on your face. That's us. So anyway, just, does that make sense? Does that help? So uh, I encourage you. I really think we have some wonderful days ahead for the church. I foresee all these chairs being full. Uh, I foresee a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and just out of death, people will be desperate for God. And if we'll do it right and pray, would y'all, would, y'all do, would y'all pray? How many would be willing to pray for the Holy Spirit to manifest? If you're willing, raise your hand. All right, we'll pray and just thank you. Can I hold you to it? Will you please? So let me say this. Um, all my life, I just read, and when I read things, I, do, I put into practice what I read. Uh, so many have said, pray for the services before you go to a church. So even before I got ministry, I mean, I really did. I got ministry in 1981. Didn't start pastoring until 1988. Uh, but uh, all that time from 76 to 88 when I wasn't pastoring, uh, I always, regardless of what church I was attending, I, uh, I asked God. I said, Lord, manifest yourself through that pastor. Whether I liked or lumped him, didn't matter. I said, Lord, manifest yourself through that pastor and his team. Manifest yourself in the atmosphere. Let gifts of the Spirit manifest in this church service. Let people be helped. Let people be saved. Let people be filled with the Spirit. Let the atmosphere be conducive for gifts of healings to manifest. I've always prayed that way. Will y'all pray that way? If you'll do that, then, you know, we've got to ask people to come to church. That's your job. How I many hear me? I mean, you just, you know, tooling around life. Hey, come to church. You go to church? Well, yeah, I do. I go, when you go? Well, I go twice a week. Well, where you go, Victory Church? Well, I get two services on Sunday and one on Wednesday night. Come with me. What day you like to come? Well, I don't know. What would happen? Well, I think it'd be great. I think you'd really be blessed. Oh, Really? Well, just invite them to come. If you invite them to come, then when people come with needs, how many know God will respond? Because he loves to meet needs. Is that true? Does that make sense? Did this help at all? Uh, Lift your hands up. Lord, we love you and worship you and bless you. You're just the best. You are the most high. Lord, help us not to be... um, 
That was the word flippant in your presence, sir. Help us to revere you the way they did when that presence manifest in the temple in the old covenant and among the believers in the new. Let, let a desire to revere and respect you come into our hearts. Help us with our attitudes, our thoughts, our motives. Help us not to think we have to do anything. We want you to do what you want to do. Sometimes you'll have us preach and teach. Other times you'll have us minister in the Spirit. And Lord, there are going to be times you manifest that presence. When the presence comes, it grabs our hearts and squeezes them. And it gives us a desire to be like you. Let us have lots of those kinds of times. Help us to walk in wisdom. And Lord, we ask you, manifest yourself in these meetings we have. Lord, manifest yourself in our small groups. Lord, manifest yourself in our private prayer time. Manifest yourself to each person here. Lord, any person in the room or watching, not baptized with the Holy Spirit, put an innate yearning deep within them to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit and to receive all you have for them. Lord, those of us that have received, help us to pray in the Spirit every day. Give us a yearning to do so, sir. Visit us. Uh, three times at night. You'll awaken us and we wonder why we're wide awake and you just want to talk. Help us to be willing to hear and obey. And Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We end, Lord, by praying for all the people around us. There were so many walking in darkness. They don't have the light of life. They'll end up in the lake of fire. It's never your will. It's never your plan. We pray for them. Put us in the proximity of those that don't know you. Then open up conversations and open up ways that we can minister to them. Lord, may it come to pass here that we fill up every seat with people that need you. May it be that we have people born again, filled with the Spirit, healed, set free, demonized or set free. All kinds of things happen just because Jesus is here. For that, Lord, we just give thanks.